right, guys, welcome back to another edition of the Reign of Five podcast. Of course, I'm your host, Corey Willis. Um, You know, I haven't done this in a while, of course, with everything going on right now. Um, COVID, protest, um, it's just been a little bit of a struggle for me to kind of get up from the bed every day to actually provide you guys with these this great content. But we are in the thick of things um, in the college football season. And I brought a good friend of mine on the show. Um, he's the sports reporter for WCBI News in Columbus, Mississippi. He is Christopher Bolton. Chris, how you doing, man? What's going on, Corey? What's up, man? I've been doing good, man. Just hey, living out good. here, living the dream out here in Texas. Yes, sir. I see you out there. Hey, that's it's all about that football out there in Texas. Yes, yes, it is, man. It is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> so yeah, man. Um, so I know we've already been into the college football season, of course, Chris. <laughs> um, pretty much this was week three of the college yeah. football season, but Technically, this was, it was week, week one. three, but it's week one. <laughs> it's <laughs> week one because <laughs> yeah, started. It, look, you know, there you, know you go. The, you know the motto. It just means more. Yeah, yeah, it just means more. <laughs> it just means more. I, I've I've heard that all my life, and I've I've heard it here because I live right by Texas A and M Aggie fans. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I that that slogan blurs in with the slogans that the Big Twelve has. So it's right. just like. You know, I, I still feel like I'm relatively in in this country. You are, you are true, true. So, so yeah, man, we had a an an eventful week one of the SEC. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, um, it was a uh, several good games. Yeah, uh, a couple upsets, um, couple teams take care of business. Couple teams with high expectations did look like it was their week one. Didn't look yeah. too tight, you mm-hmm. know. It, it looked like week one of football for a lot of SEC schools. It was it was interesting. Yeah, yeah, I I, I agree with you, Chris. Um, yeah, it was a a lot of good games in, in the SEC and out the SEC. We'll talk about that a little bit later, but we have to start out, Chris, with. <laughs> I would say I would say it was a it was going to be an interesting game either mm-hmm. way. And it got more and more interesting as we started hearing more news yes. about some of the players for for LSU. Yes. Of course. Yes. Um so LSU took on Mississippi State mm-hmm. at their home field. At their Valley. At Death Valley. Defending national champs. The defending national champions. They raised they, the flag. They raised the flag. The pump and circumstance was there despite, you know, not many people being there. Right. I think it was like 25,000 people at the stadium, they said. Yeah. It, it's not the same as 100,000, you know, LSU raging LSU fans, but you get 25K LSU fans, they're going to make some noise. Exactly. Exactly. Like, like that. A, a domed out stadium, you know, it, that seats well over a hundred k. Anytime you're going in the, in that stadium, um, 
you're going to have some issues <laughs> in, in yeah. terms of trying to get calls in when when it comes to a full stadium. So mm -hmm. if you know you have a full stadium um, with over 100,000 people, you know it's going to be tough. But even with 25K, I, I still felt it still felt like they're valid to me. Yeah, <laughs> maybe yeah, not. Was, the point. They were still active. They were still yeah. active. But yeah, um, so we had Mississippi State going into Death Valley, um, this past Saturday, and they defeated the LSU Tigers. Chris, they they won, and not only did they win, they truly looked like the better team. It wasn't one of those situations where. You know, they, 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 they pulled one just to squeak by, just to, by the hairs of their chin, you know what I'm saying? Just just squeezing on through, eking on by. When you If you watch that game, you there was a case that you could make that this Mississippi State team should be up uh, more, maybe a couple touchdowns at halftime. They left a, a few, some points on the field that first half. But, man, they, they ain't leading that on the field that second. No. <laughs> No, <laughs> not not at all, Chris. Not at not at all. They they defeated the LSU Tigers in Baton Rouge, forty four to thirty four. Mm -hmm. Um, just some stats right here, Chris. KJ Costello, prepare, it, prepare yourself for for these stats. This is Mississippi State, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> With these passing stats, so prepare I, yourself. I know. <laughs> so. KJ Costello, of course, we heard about him all summer, Chris. Mm -hmm. This guy was a really good quarterback for Stanford. He Correct. was a really good quarterback for Stanford Cardinals. Um, he had a couple of injuries here yeah, and there. Injuries, yeah, yeah. And um, but but he he had a couple of those injuries, but in all, he was still a very very good quarterback. You know, in the eyes of a lot of coaches around the nation, um, even Shaw, um, Coach Shaw at, at Stanford will tell you that. Um, but this guy comes in to the SEC, hasn't he hasn't been there for what about three, four months? That that's about all he was there for. No, yeah, yeah, just a few months. Um, <laughs> and uh, no, no spring ball. You know, of course, nobody had spring ball, but I mean, as a transfer, as a under in a new system, uh, you know, this this whole team in a new system, no spring ball, everybody getting this offense the last couple months, and he put up six hundred and twenty three passing yards. Yeah, on DBU, <laughs> I know it was Mr. Stingley. I understand that. Yeah. I understand that LSU fans. I know they were Mr. Stingley. But y'all still DBU, right? Still DBU. I mean, how, much, how many yards does Stingley account for? Maybe a hundred. I would you say so. Yeah. How many yards does he really account for? I truly think he's throwing for. I'll take away one hundred and twenty-three. He he's throwing yeah. for five hundred, even if Stingley's playing. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, Stingley can't his his loss can't really impact him that much. Six hundred twenty so yards. I don't care who is on the field. You cannot give up <laughs> six hundred yards passing. No, not 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 at all, man. Not not at all, Chris. I mean, this guy, he threw for six twenty three. After the game, Patrick Mahomes, Chris, 
tweets. <laughs> he, he puts out a tweet, <laughs> Chris, and he was like, that dude really threw 600 yards in one game? When you have against LSU. Yeah. When you have a Super Bowl winning quarterback, tweet. Yeah, MVP, Super Bowl winning quarterback, and also now a half a billion dollar man. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Um, Tweet about your performance. That that speaks volumes to me. He's on the map. He's He's on the map. KJ Costello is is a name you're going to hear about. I expect for the rest of the season. Yeah, I'm not expecting him to throw for 600 yards a game by any means, but I mean, if he he keeps up this play and State continues to win some ball games, yeah, he's going to be getting the Heisman invite. Oh yeah, <laughs> this, yeah this, that, that that game yesterday that well that puts him that puts him on the map. You you're it, now one of the Heisman watch people mm-hmm. this season. Yeah. Yeah, hands hands down. Like I, I can't, <laughs> I I can't change my 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 status on that right now. Of of course, anything can change. Anything can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of good quarterbacks. Um, that's going to be coming out along with him. Um, after this season, like of course we we got Trevor Lawrence. Of course, we have um, Ohio yeah, State's quarterback Justin Fields. Justin Fields. Um, a lot of good quarterbacks. Spencer Rattler. Yeah, Spencer Rattler. Um, of course, we'll talk about him a little bit later <laughs> on in the, in the show. <laughs> oh, Oklahoma. But but yeah, um, just to just to kind of close out from from that big win, um, Chris. This was Mike Leach's first game back yes. in the SEC. Right. Right. And- and it's 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 crazy, you know. <clears throat> honestly, it's easy to say we should have seen this coming, mm-hmm. but we. I can understand why, you know, a lot of people were kind of skeptical, but it was so much set up for us to to be able to, you know, to kind of see it happening. Like you have Stingley get uh, his, you know, illness forcing him to not, you know, be able to play, but you also had. Just the turnover, I believe LSU had like five players on both sides of the field combined that mm-hmm. were starters last year that played, that started this guy. Yeah. Turnover yeah, that, there think, is incredible. Yeah. Yeah, They, I think they said like they lost um, – I, I keep seeing like two different stats, but I think for the most part they lost 17 starters um, from the previous year to the NFL. And then, and, yeah, yeah, and then yeah, you had Jamar and the other guys sit out. So it was three. Yeah. Three players who started last season that um, were starting. Yeah. Yeah. So you have all that turnover. You, all you of lose it. Joe Brady. Mm-hmm. That is very underrated. Because mm-hmm. he was he's the reason that offense became the juggernaut it, it became. Of course, with, you know, they had that talent, but LSU has had NFL talent for years. They weren't they but they weren't that offense even when they had Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry. Right. So they've had talent for years. They've had DJ Sharks and, and all these guys. But um you have Joe Brady, the passing game coordinator. He leaves 
and you now you got Miles Brennan's and some other guys, all unproven. And you're coming off the, the national championship hype. And then you get Mike Leach, arguably maybe his most talented receiving core during his time as a coach. Yeah. Even though this Mississippi State receiving group is unproven, when you just look at the talent on paper, Osiris Mitchell is a very talented receiver. The the coaches say these guys will come on press conferences and say Osiris makes catches, about four or five catches of practice that most guys will make within a month of practicing. He's always making the crazy catches, and that was on display. Yeah. You have Javante Payton, another very talented receiver. You have Tyrell Schaefer, who happened to go to Alabama when the greatest recruiting class of wide receivers went to Alabama. When you have Henry Ruggs, Devontae Smith, Jerry Judy, he was part of that recruiting class. <laughs> he was the fourth guy in that class that went to, to Bama. So it's not a slight on him that he ended up becoming lost in the mix when all those guys are going to be playing on Sunday. Right. You know? So you and he transfers to state. You have all those guys at state, and you give Mike, you know, you give Mike Leach those toys and KJ Costello, a very talented passer. This is what happens. That's what happens. And I'm, I'm, I mean, I mean, they people try telling the other other analysts out here in the country and just people in general, um, college football fans in general, that you know, putting Mike Leach in an SEC um, schedule mm-hmm. um, with an SEC team um, with the amount of talent that comes in in that conference. Um, like, just putting him in that setting. I didn't even mention no, Kyler Hill do. in the backfield. Exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm saying, I'm, I'm speechless right now, Chris. Like, just putting putting Mike Leach in the SEC with the talent that the SEC produces year in and year out is just, you know, you're going to get results in, in that kind of offense. Like, what we saw yesterday, it, it – that pretty much just um that that was a revelation for everyone. That that just summed it up. Yep. Yep. Right that, there. That, that 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 made that made everyone who probably doubted can the air raid work in the SEC is too right. too spread out. You know, all these athletes. It's not gonna work. This, that, and the third. I, I think they yeah. see it can work. Because yeah. if there's any team that has athletes, it's LSU. You can you can say what you want about the coaching or this, that, and the third. But you can never question the talent on the football field when it comes to LSU. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that, that, yeah. That's that's pretty much it. Like when you give Mike Leach all of this talent to work with, I mean, what, what do you? It's scary. What do you I supposed mean, to expect? And, and, and also, we you know we talking about Mike Leach. I got to give credit to the defense. A lot of the reason people were not high on Mississippi State heading to the season is because all the, the talent that's been lost on this defense. Mm-hmm. We have guys like Jeffrey Simmons and others playing on Sundays now, Montez Sweat. Those guys are gone. And that was that new group, that new breed, that new crop that's trying to make a name for themselves. And Zach Arnett, the D.C., had those boys. It, they ran a 3 this first time State's running three three five with Arnett and they played some ball. So yeah. 
big credit to that defense. They recorded seven sacks. Wow. Seven sacks. So, I mean, it was all around performance, man. You know, this, this, this state team is going to be a team to look out for the rest of the season. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Best best believe it, it it is. Um, yeah. Just kudos to that Mississippi State football team. They they really came out and, and played a really good game. Um, going looking at LSU, and then of course we'll we'll go into the other games. Mm-hmm. Um, from this past week, um, LSU. You know, this still can be a really good football team. Like they are the defending national champions. Yeah. Um. They do have some things that they do need to work work on. Um, of course, I've seen um, LSU fans talk about Miles Brennan taking a little <laughs> bit too long to hold the ball, but um, uh, yeah, of course, and, we'll and, and that's just that's just part of his growth and development, man. You know, he's he's new to football, new to SEC football. Yeah, he, he, he hasn't started a game since high school. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So. He's not going to have that that awareness that that clock, you know, what I'm saying that clock that all quarterbacks have. Mm-hmm. You you saw it with KJ. KJ is an experienced QB, somebody that started at Stanford, so he's able to make those plays and and feel people around him and know when to step up in the pocket. And you've seen him make several throws that that showed his experience. But Miles Brandon is new, so. I understand LSU fans being upset, but as the season progresses, he's going he's gonna to continue to find his field and, and he's going to get his feet wet. You know what I'm saying? He's going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so don't don't feel bad, LSU faithful. You guys <laughs> still have a lot of football to play. Of a lot of football, a lot of talent, man. A lot John of John Emery in the backfield. Yeah. Terrence Marshall, that receiver. There's, there's, a, there's a bunch of playmakers. Yeah. Jacoby Stevens, who, who had some really good plays. Mm-hmm. For 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 them, I mean, almost could he he could have been the deciding factor on <laughs> on them winning the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, he he really got them back in in the game. So you know, um, kudos for for him. I mean, he's he's going to be a first round. Yeah, yeah, he, he's first round caliber talent. Six five two fifty. Good grief! Exactly. Win at number seven. I mean, he looked. Gary Danielson said it right. I mean, he looked like Grant Delpit out there. So anytime you see a seven, yeah, you see a seven at LSU secondary. Good luck. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> good luck trying to draw up something to to actually um confuse them. But but yep, yeah, that was um one of the biggest games, if not the biggest shocker in the SEC um this past week. We'll we'll now go down to Missouri, Chris, where the Crimson Tide defeated the Missouri Tigers 38 to 19. Um mm-hmm. Mac Jones had a pretty decent day. He was 18 for 24, um, 249 yards and two touchdowns. What do you think about that game last um last week i think um you know bama did what what they came to do uh they weren't really trying to expose too much you know you go out there you you try to play a clean game um not 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 make too many mistakes just take care of business and get the win uh i think they look solid it wasn't you know a, a mind-blowing performance by any means um but it was a it was a good game, and you've seen you've seen the talent they have. You know they 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 have Waddle, 
You have Smith. You have Najee Harris. That defense is talented too. Bringing back Dylan Moses, um, you, you see that they're very talented and very good team. Um, I wasn't blown away, but it's not a knock on them either. It's, it's game one. I'm pretty sure as the season continues to rev up, we're going we're going to see Alabama turn things up a notch as you know we go from week to week. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I believe you. I believe you're right, Chris. Um, anytime when Nick Saban has to deal with a brand new quarterback. Um, expect these guys not to have like this huge <laughs> game where you know they they did no wrong. They they scored 50, 60 points on an opponent, <laughs> no interceptions, no fumbles or mm-hmm. anything. Like, like pretty much expect that now. And and you know, I've I've expected it. Um a lot of other people are starting to expect it, but just to let the people know, you know, like the Alabama faithful out there, the road yeah. tie audience out there, um, just expect when you, when you're dealing with a new quarterback that you know you're gonna go through some speed bumps along the way. Like everything's not gonna look beautiful. It's it's interesting because I, I'm really interested to see how this quarterback situation pans out for the rest of the season because I think Mac Jones is solid. I think he's reliable. I don't think his ceiling is not the ceiling of Bryce Young, though. Bryce Young, that that guy is a is a player. Over the over the offseason, I saw a lot of his highlights. And I saw like his um US Army mm-hmm. All American game mm-hmm. highlight. Like you you give this guy some time to actually develop his skills. His his arm talent is amazing. Yeah, his arm talent is already amazing. His arm um, talent is amazing. So yeah. you, it, it's it's interesting because I wonder if there will end up becoming a Kelly Bryant, Trevor Lawrence situation there mm. at Bama. Because I, uh, I think Mac Jones is solid, and you're going to win games. But the ceiling with Bryce, that's what that's why everybody who keeps up with Bama. That's part of so thirsty for Bryce and, and, and kind of want to see him play because that <laughs> ceiling with him is is higher. He could be that guy that has that offense humming, getting 60 points, 50-some points, a ball game. I don't see that happening with Mac. No shot at Mac. Yeah. Mac is solid. Mac is probably going to make less mistakes than what Bryce does. So it's interesting to see what route Saban takes with this team. Does he want the more reliable, sturdy guy who's probably gonna make less mistakes and let the playmakers do most of the, you know, make the make the plays happen? Let everybody else make the plays and he just gives them the ball? Or does he go with the younger guy who can it could be at third and nine and if the play breaks down, he can make a play himself and let his natural talents play out and he can raise the ceiling of his team. And, and they could, you know, ultimately win a championship. So I'm, I'm curious to see how this plays out for Bama because, you know, Bryce could be that guy. Yeah, yeah, Bryce could definitely be that guy. I, I've seen, like I said, I've seen a lot of his tape um, when he was in high school and and heading into the All American game. Um, he has all the talent in the world. That natural raw talent that you look for in just a recruit coming in. In, into a college setting, mm-hmm. um, so it's it's going to be interesting to see 
what Steve Sarkeesian does, depending on how long Steve Sarkeesian <laughs> stays at Bama. <laughs> <laughs> it's going it's going to be it's it's going to be very interesting to to see what they do going forward Mm -hmm. with him and mac jones so i'm i'm really um interested in what the tide's going to do this year like this is probably the 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 most interesting teams and and not to jump the gun because I, i i so easy to jump the gun but let's just say mississippi state continues to tear it up. They beat Arkansas, Kentucky, and it's not out the realm of the possibility to say they can take care of business against AM. Bandy took AM to the wire this past yeah. weekend. So let's just say State wins that game. Their next game after a bye week is Alabama. Do we think Mac Jones can win a shootout with KJ Costello? I mean <laughs> Look, so uh, Nick Saban ain't trying to lose to Mike Leach year one. Nick Saban is not trying to hold an L to Mississippi State at Alabama. Yeah, you know that's going to be a very interesting game. <laughs> if, if let's just say, and you know, for Mississippi State fans, we don't want you to jump the gun. We don't want anyone jumping the gun in terms of you know, like looking ahead. But let's put you guys in a scenario where Mississippi State wins their next three games. Three games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If, if they win their next three games, which is Arkansas next week, Kentucky, and then A&M. And A&M. Mm-hmm. They win those three games, and they go into Tuscaloosa. That's going to be a very interesting game. That's gonna, <laughs> that will be a top I – I think that will be a top five matchup. I think, I think so. I think if state state's going to jump into probably fifteen, ten to fifteen ish range, I think in the polls this week, yeah. I, and I might be under, I might be selling them short. I seen a, a national writer post that he has state for his AP poll number five. Wow! But I'm I'm gonna just say from the ten fifteen range, mm-hmm. if they beat Kentucky and A and M, two teams who are very respected to start the season, A and M a top ten team. That Bama State game will be like number two versus number one or number two versus number five. It's yeah. gonna be a top five matchup. It, it is. It is. It's it's almost it's gonna be very reminiscent of that twenty fourteen year when Dak Prescott mm-hmm. um came into Tuscaloosa. Mm-hmm. And that was that was a game that of course Mississippi State needed to get into matchup. the college football yeah. playoff. Like that was going to help catapult them um into the college football playoffs. So if we get if we see a scenario like that, um man, look look out. <laughs> look out, Roll Tide and 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 Hill State fans. Yeah, that that that's gonna be that's gonna be exciting. That yeah that'll be interesting. So yeah, very exciting. Very exciting. Well Next game, of course, um, we've talked about Mississippi State, of course, in, in, the, in the state of Mississippi. A lot of, a lot of good things um, in terms of coaching Mississippi hires. football looking good, Mississippi man. football is looking really good right now, Chris. <laughs> like, you have Mike Leach. You have primetime Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders. He's now going to be the head coach of the Jackson State Tigers. 
and to the game that we're about to talk about now, Chris. Um, lane. The lane train. The lane train. That's the first time I've ever heard that, but we're going to go with it. The lane train has come to Oxford, Mississippi, Chris, and they took on the Florida Gators Yep, in yep. Oxford. It was Lane Kiffin's first game of the year, mm-hmm. and they lost to the Florida Gators 51-35. Yeah. Um, that was a lot of points scored in this game. Um, I think Ole Miss does have some work to do, um, of course, but mm-hmm. I didn't see anything terrible from Ole Miss. I think but, if you're an Ole Miss fan, you should be very encouraged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if you're an Ole Miss fan, I, I, I think you, I think you should be be really encouraged with what you saw. And what you can do going forward, mm-hmm. um, I, I think that's that's very very important right now. If you're an old Miss rebel, and you're just like looking at, hey, how can we progress? Right. Um, yeah. I'm, I mean, because Florida has some playmakers. Because they're a top five team in the country for a reason. Mm-hmm. Kyle Trask, first team All SEC quarterback, mm-hmm. he showed why. I believe. Uh, check me if I'm wrong on this. I believe he had six touchdown passes. He had six. Yeah, yeah he was 30 for 42, 416 with six touchdowns. So he he showed why he was first team all SEC. Uh, Ole Miss struggled to get a pass rush on him, and Trask was letting it ride to his playmakers, uh, to Pitts, his tight end. He's going. We talked about uh, you know these guys is going to be in the league. Pitts is going to be in the league. He had three touchdowns, I believe, and put on a display. You know, he, Ole Miss DBs couldn't do anything with him. He was too big, too strong, and he was just making plays. Um, yeah. A lot of that has to go to the fact that he couldn't get a pass rush on Trask. A pass no. rush will no. cover up for a secondary's default, you know, faults. If you can get to the quarterback, the secondary ain't got to be that good since the pass rush getting to him. So, you know, you leaving DBs out there to cover guys for four or five seconds, anybody's going to get ate up. But that offense for Ole Miss looked really, really good. You've seen why Matt Corral was a highly rated quarterback coming out of California. Um, you, you saw why he was a four-star guy that, that was thought very highly of. He looks like the, the fit for Lane Kiffin's system and, and uh, offensive coordinator Jeff Levy coming from UCF, bringing that high-flying offense to Ole Miss. They they pulled out some plays. They did a lateral, threw it to the wide receiver. He throwing it downfield. Uh, they they pulled out some tricks. They, they went in their bag, man. That offense looked really good, getting Jerry and Ely the ball, John Rice Plumley playing some running backs, some slot receiver, had him all over the field. That offense is going to put up some points. It's, when that defense finally gets right, them Rebels, we we talking about Mississippi State. Them Rebels going to be another team we'll be talking about. Watch out. Watch out. When when they get the defensive players that they need, um, they're, they're going to be really, really good. I mean, even going – looking at this year, um, if they can, like, make some adjustments. Yeah. Um, of course, they, they have some really good um, – uh, some really good defensive players. If they can make a couple adjustments to get them um, 
actually ready for a lot of these bigger teams that that are coming up. And of course, Florida was was a bigger team um, in the SEC, um, in, in just in terms of talent wise. But yeah, as we kind of go in deeper into the season, um, look out for Ole Miss to make a, a huge improvement from what Definitely. we saw. I, I'm gonna tell you this. I'm gonna go ahead and book them for an upset win this year. Their record, they might finish the season three and seven, four and six. You know, it's gonna it's it's gonna be a tough year for them. But they will be that team. No matter who you are, you can be one of the top teams in the SEC. They are gonna play everybody hard. They yeah. it's, it's, it's not gonna be an easy win. It's not gonna be an easy win at all. They will catch somebody slipping. Maybe a A and M. Um Maybe in Auburn, they they played Auburn hard last year. Um, they will yeah. a top team will fall to Ole Miss this year. They won't have the best record, but they will get that signature win that put that that that's going to get the fan base even more juiced up for what the team could be next year. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I I, I firmly believe it. Um, guys that I've seen that that I'm like actually like looking at right right now on the ESPN.com like Jaquez Jones. Um, Tisdale, um, Momo, Sonogo, yeah, Sonogo. Um, those guys, even Sam Williams, like these are going to be some guys that they're going to have to rely on heavily to help them make some plays, um, on the defensive side of the football. Um, so if you can kind of get these guys in a position to succeed this year, yeah. I, I agree with you, Chris. Like, look out for these guys to actually upset someone in in the SEC this year. It's gonna be it, it's gonna be good for the Ole Miss Rebel Rebel fans when when that happens. I know for sure, <laughs> just because like they've been down for so long now. It's actually time to see that investment in getting Lane Kiffin to Oxford actually pay off, and I really think it's going to happen. And Lane doesn't like to lose. No, he does Lane not. Lane doesn't like to lose. And he has learned a lot over his years as a coach. You know, he was that hot shot, that 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 that, that uh the hot commodity in the earth, the mid two thousands, you know, had his, his time at USC, had his time at Tennessee for a hot second, was in the NFL, came back. Now he's a lot more mature. A lot wiser. He's learned a lot over his years as coach, and and he's learned a lot at FAU. Had that thing rolling out there, you know. And he's still a cool guy. He still got that swag to him. He's still Lane Kiffin. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know <laughs> so he got that swag and that maturity, that wisdom. Now he's going to get this thing rolling soon. Yeah, you yeah. Know no. what I'm he's going to get it rolling soon. <laughs> No doubt, no, no, no doubt. I, I really feel like if you're an Ole Miss Rebel fan, um, look out for a really interesting season, um, and and be happy for it. Like you have Lane Kiffin, you have one of the best offensive minds in college football. Mm-hmm. So, so really look out for that success that you're going to exactly. get. Through. You have Lane Kiffin with Matt Corral, who is a redshirt sophomore. I, know. I don't see. I don't see Corral leaving in two years. I think he's going to stay. I think he's going to stay all five. Yeah. So if you you have Lane Kiffin with a young QB who he can groom up and let him be there for three seasons under Lane, 
all that talent they have on the outside. Jerry Ely here is a sophomore. Snoop Connor, sophomore. The guy that's uh, in the backfield. You have Jonathan Mingo, wide receiver, sophomore. It's, we <laughs> both, we're going to see what this team looking like in year three. Year three is going to be Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I, absolutely, absolutely. I'm 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 fully ready for it, Chris. And yeah, I'm I'm just I'm just ready to see what what Ole Miss does in the SEC. So yeah, um, Rebel fans, Lane Kiffin, it's your new head football coach, <laughs> and look out for what they're going to do this season. Let me see what is the next game. They have to go to Kentucky. So. Um, that's going to be, really be interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's that's going to be an interesting game. So, so yeah, yeah, Ole Miss <laughs> Rebel fans look great against Auburn. They did not. They they did not. And that that's something that, of course, we're going to be talking about in in just a few moments. Um, just quick note: I know you mentioned Kyle Pitts, Chris. Um, mm-hmm. he was actually his stats. He had eight receptions, 170 yards, and four touchdowns. Four touchdowns. My yeah. I saw my boy shorter one. See, yeah. he, he was going <laughs> crazy out there. Yeah. He was going crazy. So He looked like a monster. He looked yeah. like a monster. Yeah. Um, if you're a Miss, if you're a Mississippi State fan, you you're probably wondering, like, man, why why we didn't why didn't Coach Mullen use our tight ends like that? <laughs> <laughs> man, I'm trying to tell you, he, he had some good ones. Had yeah, some good ones. yeah, had he had he had some good ones. Had some talented mm-hmm. tight ends during his time at Mississippi State. But yeah, um, the Florida Gators, fifty-one thirty-five in Oxford. Now we're going to go to another SEC East team that won over the weekend. Chris, we have the Georgia Bulldogs defeating the Arkansas. Yeah, defeating the Arkansas Razorbacks 37 to 10. Um, That was an interesting game. Yeah, I'd say. they didn't look too hot that first half. No, they didn't. That that's why I'd say it was interesting. And then afterwards, <laughs> Georgia just just depletes Arkansas. Um, because hey, it, it it's Arkansas, right? <laughs> right, right, right. Poor Arkansas, man. They're gonna get it right soon. I, I, I know. It, it, at some point it, it, at some point Arkansas does have to get it right. Um I, I saw a lot of just issues with them trying to you know actually go downfield and make some some quality plays um a couple of trick plays just went terribly bad yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. on them so yeah i mean you know georgia probably arguably you could say has the top defense in the conference mm-hmm. um one of the fastest defenses in the country so I'm not, I'm not going to hold any too much against Arkansas for struggling against Georgia's defense. If there's anything Georgia's going to have year in and year out, it's a very talented, very good defense. But um, the offense didn't look too hot, though. That's that's the, that's the thing, man. Uh, Georgia's offense didn't look too good. So we're we going to see how the thing plays out the rest of the season. But it, yeah. it, it, it ain't good when you're struggling against Arkansas. No, not no. the Razorback, but I mean they 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 ain't it yet. 
No, no, they not They'll be better in the future, but right now they they the bottom of the league. So if you can't put up points against them, you in for a rude awakening the rest of the season. Yeah, yeah, a- absolutely, a- absolutely. You don't have to get um, right next week. They play Auburn. <laughs> <laughs> I know it. it yeah, they they have some work that they have to have to do. <laughs> Best believe, like yeah, I watched that game, Chris, and something just didn't feel right. It just didn't feel right watching that game. Of course, you know Georgia teams um, in the last couple of years have started like, off very like fast. I've been watching, man, with, with Jake Fromm, just, just struggling to get anything going in the air. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I totally forget about Jake Fromm sometimes. I, I'm, I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. I remembering those games. I, I now I will backtrack what I just said. Yeah, um, Georgia for the last couple of years, even with, with from um, and now with with um, the new quarterback um, <laughs> taking the reins, Stetson Bennett. Um, yeah, it's just starting off very slow. Yeah, um, I, I don't know what it is. I don't. I don't know why. Why they start off very slow? Like they have the talent to actually get that that fast start um, on their I opponent. Think, I think they need uh, some young juice in the coaching staff when it comes to someone. You're not going to pull a Joe Brady. Joe Brady is in the league now. He's where he wants to be. But right. Someone with that same kind of mentality. That same. Um, system kind of a young coach to live to put some juice and some life into the offense and get these athletes in space and let them make plays, you know. Yeah, that's yeah. as, as what it is. You, you, you still running these basic plays, you know, you're gonna get basic outcomes on the offense, <laughs> yeah. And and it's it, it that's pretty much just. It's the truth right now. If if these guys don't really, you know, set the tone and really, you know, go beyond these basic plays that they're doing, you're going to get just basic and sometimes, for the most part, pretty much every time, boring um, play from, I mean, look, <laughs> from your offense. I mean, LSU for like the last seven, six, seven years. Yeah. LSU's had defenses that were national championship worthy, mm-hmm. but the offense was nowhere near that level. They kept running them fake jet sweep halfback dives, and then they finally got them some, uh, you know, some life on their offense and brought Joe Brady in. And what you know, they won the national championship. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that <laughs> that just lets you know when you put guys in the position to win, Chris, like you'll really see those results, you know, come into play. Mm-hmm. And we know Georgia has the talent. We know how they yeah. recruit year in and year, year out. In, year out. They're top five classes year in, year out. Yeah. Yeah, but it's just like they they start off so slow. Like, we, we for, like sometimes we forget, like, these guys a couple of years ago were in the national championship. Mm-hmm. And – had Alabama reeling, second yeah. and twenty-one. Yeah, and, and and that that's pretty much the 
that that's where I actually come in it'll come in and I say that's like the best um year I, I saw Georgia play. That was a that was a very set the tone um esque Georgia team mm-hmm. when it came to their offense and even their mm-hmm. defense. Um we want to start fast, you know, from beginning to the end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like where we're at now, you know, fast forward a couple of years later, we haven't seen that. So I'm not I'm not sure what it is. I know, of course, um, Jamie Newman was supposed to be he was he was looking to be their quarterback. Yeah, he was going to be QB one this year, um, but he opted out, of course, this year. And of course, now Georgia's trying to trying to. Try to figure it out. Man. Trying to figure it out, and they'll be a good team. They're too talented to not be good. Oh yeah, but I don't. They're not my favorite out the East anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know about for you, but they're not my favorite out the East. I, I I will give that mantle to Florida. Yeah, I mean, looking at Florida, and I know a couple other people said that Florida was, you know. Some some people said Florida wasn't as great as what they thought. I thought that they were looked really really good. Yeah, um, I think the struggles they had on defense. I give more credit to Ole Miss than I do as a knock to Florida, based on how they looked this week. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I would give more. I get. I tend to give more credit to Ole Miss. I think that the Ole Miss offense is a very explosive offense. So, and we've seen that at times last season. They had some games where they exploded. Against right. LSU, you mm-hmm. know, but yeah, I, I, I give. I think Florida, Florida's going to be that deal in the East. <laughs> oh yeah, a, a, absolutely. Yeah, I think. Um, I think Florida is going to be a force to be reckoned with in the in the East. Um, I know, um, SEC now with Darnoka and those guys, they were trying to discuss, um. Or, or it wasn't. It actually wasn't them. Um, it was actually College Football Live. I was watching mm-hmm. um, late at night, and they were talking about the East. And Jesse Palmer mentioned that both Florida and Georgia both get to the SEC championships um, pretty much every other year, and they usually hit that wall, whether it's facing Alabama or it's facing LSU. Um, so it's it's going to come between those two teams, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I did have to make a choice right now, I would definitely make Florida as a choice to actually win the SEC East right now. From what we saw this past weekend, we saw that they're very, very um, good on offense and you know, of course, with Ty Grantham, that defense is really good too. So we have to see what Georgia does um, coming up in in the next couple of weeks. Uh, but twenty for twenty nine, two hundred eleven yards and two touchdowns. That's what Stetson Bennett had. So he didn't throw any interceptions. Yeah, that's and that's which, good. That's what you want from a young QB. Yeah, you know, minimize turnovers. That's mm-hmm. that's what you ask for. This is first college game starting. You know, you that, that's that's positives. You you're that's what you want to see. You could build on that as a coaching staff. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, Samir White, he had 13 carries, 71 yards, um, one touchdown in that game, too. So, um, like, they they were pretty much running the ball. Um, they did what they had to do mm-hmm. running, the, running the ball. It probably wasn't um, as great as what – that's, know, that's Georgia, Georgia football, though. That's Georgia football, Corey. Like yeah. you mentioned, the, the teams from a few years ago, they had Nick Chubb, mm-hmm. Sonny Michelle, DeAndre Swift. That was the backfield that was in that national championship game. Crazy. Chubb, Michelle, Swift. Three deep. Crazy. I mean, Georgia's history before then, Todd Gurley. Yeah. This, this is a team that prides himself, for better or worse, even though we're in 2020, that, that's mm-hmm. how they play football. They gonna run. Right. So they gonna run it. <laughs> that's Georgia for you. Yeah, yeah. That's why I said like they were. You know, they they weren't too far away. They was they were like about thirty plus yards away from from having a hundred yard um, game on the ground. Well, they had it, but in terms of Samir White, which was the leading mm-hmm. rusher on the team, he was he was thirty plus yards away from. You know, getting a hundred mm-hmm. on the ground, so so you know they can run the ball. We know what Georgia can do on the on the ground running the football. Um, we just need to see a little bit more from them. I, I'd say um, George Pickens, receiver for Georgia, he had four receptions, forty-seven yards, and a touchdown. Um, He's a kid. Yes, yes. Absolutely. John Fitzpatrick, he had two receptions for 19 yards and a touchdown as well. Um, so, yeah, of course, we talk about George Pickens. He, he's one of the top receivers on that football team. They're going to need him a lot as a leader this year. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what the Georgia Bulldogs do this year with him. and. Also, see what the defense will do this year as well. Um, one yeah. quick note: What's that? Nicobe Dean. Of course, we know about Nicobe oh, yeah. Dean. Horn Lake, Horn Lake Mississippi. Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Five-star recruit. He, from what I can see, yeah, he was the leading tackler of that football team. So we, we saw this in high school. We lose yeah. Them. You know, you don't get that five star bidding for for no reason. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. He he was the leading tackler of that football team. So, so yeah. Um, true sophomore. True sophomore. Mm-hmm. So we're we're gonna have to see what Dean and and company is going to, going to do on the defensive side of the ball this year. I'm very eager to see how he progresses. Because he also he had a really good season last year as a true freshman, um, he played he did play a a, a lot last yep, year. So he got, he got several ticks. Yeah. So so yeah. Um, so it's it overall, Chris. It's going to be interesting to see what Georgia does this year. I, I, it I is. It is. It's Georgia football for you, man. It's always. Yeah. Is is always some stuff to it. It's gonna be up and down, left, right, highs, lows. <laughs> you know, it's, it's yeah, that's... football. They, they get you, get you thinking everything's gonna be great. Then it comes crushing down. But we can say that about everybody in the SEC. 
<laughs> oh, oh yeah, especially now this season where everyone's beating each other up. Of, of course, it it it's going to happen. It's bound mm-hmm. to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, all right, let's go to the other game that we had today. We're we're now going to go in to Jordan Hare Stadium, Chris, mm-hmm. and we're going to oh, talk about this game. Where well, yeah, there you go. Where <laughs> War Damn Eagle beats the Kentucky Wildcats at home 29 to 13. It took care of business. It took care care of business. business. Yeah. Um, I had a couple of things to talk about with this game because this this was a this was an interesting game for for many reasons. Now, of course, Bo Nix, Chris, was 16 for 27. 233 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Bo Nix looked like he, he he officially, I would say, looked like a guy that's getting better on this off on this. He did, he did look improved. He yeah. looked improved. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he looks solid. Mm-hmm. I, I I'm not going. I don't want to sound like a hater. I'm not a big Bo Nix fan, but he did look solid. Mm-hmm. I don't think yeah, he, yeah. I'll say this. A lot of people try to make him out to be that great, that next great QB or part of the great QBs. I don't see him as a great QB. I think he's a good one. He's mm-hmm. solid. Uh, you know, we'll, and we'll see how, ta- the, you know, what the talent on this defense does for this team and how far the defense takes them. But I don't think Bo Nix is at that point yet where he's going to be that guy that can carry this team. Mm. Yeah, I mean, he, he works for the offense. Oh, sorry, you can go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. You go ahead. No, I was I was just going to say he works for the offense that Gus Miles on presents to him very mm-hmm. well. I, I, I'd say when we look at the past Auburn – um teams of course yeah under Gus Malzahn um yes. of course we we always come back to Nick Marshall and mm-hmm. how well he ran that offense how well he orchestrated that offense um for a couple years after Nick Marshall we were looking for that guy to actually you know lead that all that offense for Auburn in in a very positive way, mm-hmm. in, in a way where they score a lot of points, they really put you on your toes. I think Bo Nix works well in that offense. I, I've he's proved me wrong. I, I'd say he's, he, he's done he, everything. He is a solid QB. He really is. You yeah. know, he, he if he can continue, you say you know through for three touchdowns. Zero picks. If if he continues to not turn the ball over for this team, because like you said, the style of football Auburn wants to play, ball control. We gonna we gonna run it down your throat. We gonna stop you from running the ball on defense, force you to pass. And when you do pass, we we have a great D line. We're gonna get a pass rush on you and force turnovers. If he can continue to minimize his turnovers. Get the ball to the guys who make plays. Seth Williams on the outside, big time playmaker, receiver for Auburn. If he can continue to do the little things and do them right, 
and occasionally convert on the big play. Because, you know, that, that Auburn's going to try to go for the big play. Occasionally yeah. convert, you know, convert on the big play and, and not make mistakes. You're right. He, yeah. he fits the system well. Yeah, he, and that that's that's exactly what I what I've been um, thinking and what I've been been saying, Chris. Like, yeah, when when these guys are in the position to succeed, um, it just makes him look that much more polished of a quarterback mm-hmm. in that system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And with the with the amount of talent that they have on that team. You see Eli Stowe, who's been there for like 10 billion years. Um, <laughs> he has, man. <laughs> he, he, he has. Just like, I'm just being honest, honest with He's you. like the, the, the Perry Ellis of college football. Yeah, There's yeah. The dude at, at Kansas who stayed for like six years and seemed like. We're going to talk about Kansas, too, because they – they have someone who's been there for it, it feels like he's been there for 10 years now. <laughs> <laughs> Just straight up. <laughs> but yeah, when you look at the amount of, of, of players and talent that they have on their team, Chris, when you see Eli Stove, Seth Williams, Anthony Schwartz, which he's just a burner, man. Yeah. Every time you see this guy on, on the field, he's just burning someone. <laughs> he's, a, he's a good compliment to Seth. Seth is that guy, you know. Seth is uh, very reminiscent of Duke. Another Williams, yes, Duke Williams from yeah. uh, Mississippi Gulf Coast that played at Auburn a few years ago. That guy yeah. was going to go up there, your playmaker in the red zone, red zone threat to make a grab, snag on somebody. Mm-hmm. Seth is very reminiscent to him. He's going to go up there and make a play, and, and he's that guy on the outside. And you have your complimentary burner. Yeah, yeah so absolutely. Blow the top off the defense. So. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, Seth Williams, he he had a big day, Chris. He had six receptions, 112 yards, and two touchdowns. Yeah, he was eating. Yeah, he he, he was eating. His longest reception was for 32 yards. So he had a really, really stellar day catching the football. I I need to go back and see what his preseason All-SEC – prediction was or mm-hmm. what the media rated him for preseason RCC. I, I need to check that, but um he continues this. He'll be on uh, the end of the year all SEC team. That's for sure. Oh most definitely. Like just uh, if if I could vote right now for um SEC all team members, oh man, he he's first team for me. <laughs> he, he's a dog. He's yeah. a dog. Um, he's definitely a problem, and he's going. If Auburn has the year Auburn fans would like, he along with Bo Nix, he is the reason why. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like along with Bo Nix's play, if Bo Nix is playing well, that means Seth Williams is playing well. You know, too. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, like they complement each other so well. Um, we saw it. Um, last year in that Oregon Auburn game, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where Seth, like Bo Nix, came Seth back. Williams, yeah, they came back. That's how they won that game. Like they complement each other so well. They know each other and their tendencies so well that it's almost scary to actually watch. 
<laughs> so if you're an Auburn fan, like enjoy it. Yeah. That's yeah. that's what I would say. Just in, in, enjoy it. Like those two are going to do game busters in the passing and receiving department this year. So so yeah, um yeah, we had Seth Williams with a monster day. Um Eli Stove. Um, he had four receptions, 55 yards, and a touchdown. Um, so a really good day overall for Auburn on the Kentucky, on the Kentucky side of things, Chris. Um, Terry Wilson, he was 24 for 37, 239 yards. Um, he had one touchdown, and he also threw one pick. Um, Cavassier Smoke, he had seven carries for 62 yards, a touchdown. Um, one of the big um, plays that had happened or didn't happen in the game was Chris Rodriguez Jr. Um, the diving into the, yeah, mm-hmm. getting to the actual getting, breaking through the goal line to get a touchdown, Chris, and the SEC refs didn't call it a touchdown. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like. Mark Stoops was he was, he was very vocal, yes, very <laughs> living. He was very vocal about the SEC officiating in that game, um, mainly because of that play. And of course, you had the hundred yard pick six right. immediately after that play wasn't called a touchdown. That got taken back, Chris, because of a targeting call. Of course, um, the call wasn't actually made um, targeting on the player. He actually didn't get taken out of the game, mm-hmm. is what I, what I saw. Um, but that targeting call did take back that, back six. that actual pick six. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, it, that was a crazy game. But just in all, I want to we want to talk about this for a second. Then, of course, we'll we'll finish up with the next couple of games. SEC officiating in 2020. We can also go back the previous years. This is this has been the deal with the SEC for as long as the SEC has been around. Yeah, yeah. This is like seeing seeing that game on Saturday just really caught my and just how. Just bad SEC officiating is at times, and just like, just when you think that they can get, you know, if they can't get any worse, you know, the next year, hold my beer, yeah, hold my beer, (laughs) (laughs) exactly, exactly. Like just when you think it can't get any any worse, it it gets worse. It just gets horrible, and like I don't know, you know, like I know. Coming into the year, a lot of uncertainty was made in terms of how um, we were going to go forward with a college football season and stuff. So, mm-hmm. but that's like just the the fan in me is honestly telling me like there's no excuse. Just knowing exactly you know what their job is at the end of the day is no excuse for not actually making the right calls when they need need to honestly be made. So um I actually feel for for Mark Stoops, of course. 
for actually not getting the actual answers for those plays. Um, on Saturday, of course, he talked about it in the in his press conference, and he was just very livid and just you know he was very confused why he didn't actually get the answers that he got from the officials. So I really right. hope that they do a better job going forward, but I won't hold my breath. Yeah, on it. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, but you know, I guess this is the beginning of the season for them too. So hopefully, you know, they'll, they'll get back in the swing of things, uh, continue to, to to clean up their performance as well as the season progresses. Because we got some some big time games coming up. Yeah, this this upcoming week, Georgia Auburn in the future. Um, you know, State A and M is looking like a a prime time type of game now with with the performance State had. Um. It's, it's going to be some some good games coming up, so we we would like to have the best officiating jobs to minimize the referees' impact on those games. Right. We don't want the we don't want the refs determining the outcome. We won't you know make the right calls, but, but ultimately we want the players and what they do to to the, uh, determine the outcome of these games. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we'll have to see, man. We'll have to see how. SEC officiating goals um, in the near future um, this season and beyond. But um, what what I saw on Saturday, especially from from that game, wasn't good <laughs> at all. And, and, and I'm just being real. Yes, no, yeah. no, it's definitely not encouraging. No, um, but, but it's the same song and dance, man. We, we we've seen this for years. Yeah, we yeah, have we years, and, and you can go through every every fan base in the SEC mm-hmm. and they'll give you games, plural, right. several games where they'd be like, man, the refs in this game, you can go back and watch, you'd be like, oh my goodness, they, they gave us no shot, you know, yeah. so on and so forth. So Absolutely. We'll, we'll, we'll see how, how it plays out. <laughs> we'll have to see, man. But yeah, Auburn defeated Kentucky 29-13. to 13. Um, yeah, Auburn looked good in their first game of the 2020 season, and we'll see what they do in the future this year. Um, next game, we'll go to Texas A&M and Vanderbilt. Um, this was one of the primetime games. SEC that was, alternate, baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, this game was a very, very weird game. Of course, we talked about A and M a lot over the off season, Chris, and how we were it's, looking it's, to it's see A&M's that. Year. Yeah, we yeah we was like this is this is yeah yeah like this is the year, Chris, that Jimbo Fisher actually cashes in on that big contract that he that he got when he first <laughs> made it to College Station. And so many people, I can tell you from around the area that I stay at, Chris, so excited about, you know, Jimbo Fisher being being here in in College Station and just this year overall. Everyone's like, hey, this is the year. This is the year. And they beat Vanderbilt. They beat the Vanderbilt Commodores, Chris, 17 to 12. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Your hey, thoughts? That's, that's A&M, baby. That's a <laughs> for you. All that hype and pub coming into the season. You get Vandy. You get a chance to show the country we out here. We 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 here. We're going to yeah. compete with Alabama and LSU for the West. We here. And you, you expect them to beat Vandy 55 to 17 or something like that? Nah. 17, 12. Yeah. That's yeah, that, that, an NM football for you. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, it was a very, very weird game, I, I would say, Chris. And and I saw a lot of fumbles. Um, yeah, a lot Randy of fumbles. A lot of fumbles. I think AM had three fumbles. Wow. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> that that is that is really crazy to think about you know coming from a team you know coming from a team that we were looking to actually you know take a, a jump this yeah. year and this is what Kellen Mond's third year as a starter yeah preseason all SEC second team mm-hmm he was second team. Mac Jones was third team, and Kyle Trask was first team. So you're second team. You're supposedly the second best quarterback in the conference. Yeah, show us why. Right, exactly. Just show us why. Show mm-hmm. us what. Show us what you've been working with over the off season, Jimbo. <laughs> mm-hmm. Despite uh, despite having to change your plans and stuff because of, of the pandemic and everything, um, show us that you've really made strides with this football team. I mean, when we look at the stats, Kellen Munn, of course, he didn't have a a horrible day in terms of of passing. He was 17 for 28, um, 189 yards and one touchdown. It was was pretty much an average day, but it wasn't a horrible day. Um, It wasn't horrible, but, you know, I'm not there. It wasn't wasn't, – Impressive showing, yeah. You know, it, it was nothing that made you go, Okay, I see you, Calamar. It was like, Oh, 198, you know, yeah, I, yeah, I need more, yeah. It was a, huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I mean, like your average, um, community college quarterback, Chris, in, in the state of Mississippi, can do a better day than that. Oh, um, yeah, maybe they'll, they'll fill it up out here. Yeah, you know, we, we got some good JUCOs out here in Mississippi. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I, I've seen that firsthand um, during my time being in Mississippi. But but yeah, just I'm just just making the point. Like this is what is Kellerman's a senior this year, correct? This is senior year. Yeah, this mm-hmm. is a senior year. This is all you can get me <laughs> against Vanderbilt, a team that was. Did they win an SEC game last year? I can't. I can't remember if they did. That's a good question. I'm not sure if they did. Like, yeah, to go up against a team. Mm-hmm. I, I actually look at that and because it, now I'm very curious. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, A and M was at home this game, correct? Um, A and M actually had to go to Vandy. Oh, they were at Vandy? Okay, okay. Well, no, I take that back. I take that back. Um, my apologies. Um, A&M was actually, yeah, in College Station. Oh, and was at home? Yeah. They were at home. You were 17 at home, to 12. 
17 small. That's not, <laughs> that ain't good. That is that's not a good sign. Set the I mean, 17 as well. You can look at it like this. It's only up from here. But I know. That, that ain't that ain't good. That is, you know, you, you got other teams in the conference looking all right. Yeah. Yeah. Better better get right. Yeah. And you're absolutely right, Chris. And and just on on that note, so Vanderbilt last year only won one SEC game. And that was, was, against was against Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> a, a 20, they were ranked 22 in the country. Mm. Missouri mm-hmm. was. Yep. 21 to 14. That was their only SEC win. So, you know, coming in this season, Taking on this team the way they did, um, and only winning seventeen to twelve, it that that's very very um, it's not a it's not a great performance. I, I I'd say like it's good to get the the W, no matter how you get it, Chris. But mm-hmm. oh, I mean, beating the team seventeen to twelve. A team that only won one SEC game last yeah. year—it's not a good look. Yeah, I—I I don't think that's going to cut it for your fan base, and it's obviously not going to cut it with either one of us. So, of course, things can change. Um, mm-hmm. We we'll have—we we'll have to see Isaiah Spiller, um, which is a really good running back. He's one—I'd say he's one of the best running backs in the conference. But Isaiah Spiller, he was. He had eight carries for 117 yards, no touchdown, but really good um, yards on the ground last Saturday. Um, Caleb Chapman, um, he had four receptions for 40 yards and one touchdown. So he was the lone man in the receiving court with a touchdown in that game. So we'll have to see, Chris, about what the Aggies do. Um, this is a big year for Jimbo Fisher, and we're we're just trying to gauge mm-hmm. what they do um, going forward. Right, right, definitely, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, we'll, we'll see how it pans out. You know, uh, uh, my expectations uh, aren't too high for them right now. But you know, A and M is always one of those teams. You know, I need to need to see it to believe it. Yeah, based off how they've been. So we'll see if Jimbo can make us believe it. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Well, in our final SEC game before we talk about the games outside the SEC footprint, Chris, um, we have the Volunteers defeating the South Carolina Gamecocks 31 to 27. Chris, do you see this um, as a sign that Will Muschamp his his coaching career at South Carolina will will that come to an end after this game? Uh, I don't know if it will after this game, but it's we might be getting real close. Mm-hmm. Might be getting real close, you know. It's uh, it hasn't. It's not like they've made you know any real strides during his tenure with this program of of late. You know, they're kind of in that same place they were when they did. They brought him on, so. And your goal as a coach is to progress the program. And if you're not doing that, 
you got to go. So it wouldn't wouldn't be surprised. I think he could make it through the season. But I, I think his time is numbered, though. His days are numbered. Yeah, yeah. Um, of course, he he had he had that stint last year with Ryan Helensky, um being a guy that essentially looked like he was really going to, you know, kind of give him a, a, a next couple of years of, of showing like, Hey, he can improve mm-hmm. um, with, with another quarterback, even in, you know, the worst circumstance. Um, but it kind of, you know, seems to be an Achilles heels for Will Muschamp where he can't really um, progress mm-hmm. with the Gamecock team. So I'm not sure what's the issue at, at South Carolina right now with just, you know, trying to get that big win. Um, but, but yeah, it, it's not, it, it's not it, Entirely over for Will Muschamp, I, I'd say yet. Um, just because he does have other games that he has to play, I don't see a change, a change happening. You know, like after the first game, that's just unrealistic. But just going forward, like, is are we going to see this more from South Carolina? Because we've seen a lot better from them in the past. Yeah, probably so. You know, I don't, I don't expect South Carolina to be anything special this year. So, yeah. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, going going to the winner's circle where we have the volunteers, like they they actually looked really good. Um, Jared Garantano, he was nineteen for thirty one, two hundred and fifty nine yards and a touchdown. Um, Eric Gray, um, I really love Eric Gray as a running back. Chris, um, mm-hmm. he he had twelve carries. For 40 yards and a touchdown. Ty Chandler is also a really, really good back. They complement each other really well. He had 13 carries for 86 yards. Um, no touchdown in this game. So um, yeah, yeah. The the rushing looked good. Um, let's look at the receiving court. So Josh Palmer, he had six receptions. 85 yards and one touchdown. He was the lone receiver with the touchdown in this game. So overall, I'd say it was a very, very um, good day for the volunteers. And Jeremy Pruitt, a guy that a lot of people said he probably wasn't going to make it. Mm-hmm. At Tennessee. A lot of people were, were looking for him to, you know, actually not make it with the volunteers. He comes back this year um, with, I'd say, you know, a, a vastly improved Tennessee team. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're very rich in talent. So it just, you know, it took some time. We'll see how things continue to play out for them. But uh, the East isn't the toughest division. So, I expect them to be to be solid. We'll see if they can sneak some wins out the West. Yeah, but uh, they 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 are they're a talented team that can be in almost any game they play in. Mm-hmm. They have the talent to be in any game they play in. It's just a matter of can they take that next leap and win those games. Yeah, so, 
we'll, yeah. we'll see how it continues to play out for them. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to see, man. Um, but um, very good win, I, I, I'd say, for Tennessee um, going into South Carolina and getting the W. So we'll have to see what both teams, um, how the way they move. Mm-hmm in the SEC East this year. So it's going to be very, very interesting. All right. Well, that was the SEC, Chris. We're also now about to – we're going to end the podcast talking about three games um, outside of the SEC, of course. Um, One of the games that we did see was Oklahoma – getting stunned by Kansas State 38 to 35 Chris this was the second year that K State has kind of kicked them in the tush yeah. <laughs> yeah it was a crazy one it was a crazy one um, yeah you know Oklahoma Oklahoma's a team that's very similar to LSU in a lot of respects so a lot of young guys making their way, stepping up and, and starting on Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And it showed. A lot of young talent jumped out on Kansas State early. But they started making turnovers, started started uh, that inexperience, and youth started to show. Spencer Rattler had three interceptions this game. Yeah, yeah. We, we, was, we weren't looking um, – for Spencer Rattler to throw three interceptions in that game. So that was very um, uncharacteristic of, of him to throw that many interceptions the way he did. Yes. Um, you the know, that guy jacked up. Did you see that play <laughs> where he got popped and fumbled the ball? I actually did not see that. Now that oh, you mentioned man. it, I'm, I'm going to have to look at those highlights. And actually see what had happened. That, that fumble was big. You had uh, a punt block. I mean, it was a bunch of you know a bunch of guys being making uncharacteristic mistakes that youth was showing. You missed mm-hmm. an assignment on special teams. Punt gets blocked. Yeah, that, that kind of stuff was happening. So Kansas State, man, they, that's a veteran team. They 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 grit and grinded their way into a W. Yeah. Yeah, um, Skylar Thompson, um, that was a guy that that's a guy that I was referring to earlier, Chris, um, about a guy who's been at K State for <laughs> a long time. It seems like this guy never leaves mm-hmm. K State at all. But shout out to Skylar Thompson. This guy, I think I heard Jesse Palmer say it last night, and and it's pretty much true. All this guy does is B-O-U every <laughs> single year. Like, like this guy's mission is clear. He came to K-State not just to win a Big 12 championship, Chris, but he also came to K-State to B-O-U. This, guy, this guy was 18 for 25, 334 yards, and one touchdown. He also had nine carries for 10 yards and three touchdowns running the football. This guy had an amazing day. He did. He did, man. 18 completions, 300 plus yards. Oof. That's that's a nice passing clip right there. So, hey, he he did what he had to do. Yeah. He he did what he had to do. Yeah, and I like hats off to to K-State and what they did. They went into OU 
and beat the Sooners. So, so you, I, I applaud them. I, yeah. I really do for yeah. for a big effort in winning that game. Um, of course, to them, it's probably like business as usual, just because it's <laughs> the second year <laughs> that they've done this. But to to close out on this game, Chris, um, since this is OU's second loss to K State, we've seen that OU just can't they can't beat the teams that they're supposed to be, and a lot of that is pretty much because of their defense and mm-hmm. from what I've seen. They they have to get that fixed. Like their their defense is their Achilles heel when it comes to them trying to make a college football playoff berth or even getting close to winning winning I, I, the college I, football berth. It sounds good. I don't know if you can get it fixed. They're in the Big Twelve. <laughs> I mean Oklahoma's getting good athletes. Yes, yeah. that's, that's that's Big Twelve, man. That's that's Big Twelve football, you know. Yeah, it's. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know what to say any, anymore. Like, is, you know, like we've seen a lot of Big Twelve teams struggle in that department. Of course, we're gonna go to another team in just a uh, just a moment. <laughs> <laughs> Since we're talking about defensive miscues and just not yeah, playing defense right. at all, but but. Yeah, in terms of OU, like this is a team that constantly makes a case for getting, uh, you know, for for saying that hey, we we deserve a shot at the college football playoff, um, just by the amount of talent that they do get and the amount of points that they score week in and week out. But that defense really is their Achilles heel, Chris. And I'm not sure how they'll get it fixed. Um, of course, I, I think you're right. How do you get it fixed when you're in the Big 12 and you have to score, you know, 50 points? I mean, that's, that's the culture. That's, 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 that's the culture around there. So That's just the culture. So, um, yeah, Lincoln Riley, he's going to have to do something to get that fixed. But, but yeah, o, OU goes down. At home versus K State, thirty-eight to thirty-five. All right. Well, we're gonna go to the next big Big Twelve game that we had of the week, Chris, and it was UT University of Texas at Austin. The Longhorns taking on the Texas Tech Red Raiders in Lubbock. Um, this was a shootout, of course. <laughs> of course, um, sixty-three to fifty-six in overtime. It goes to the Longhorns' favor, Chris. What did you think about this shootout? Uh, you know, Texas—they won one that coming into the game you expected them to win. But when you watch the game, you leave it saying they shouldn't have won. You know, exactly. You down two touchdowns with less than two and a half minutes to play. Yeah, ain't no way yeah. in hell you're supposed to win that game. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> they, they somehow did. You know, they forced it to overtime, and uh, and and once they forced it to OT, you knew they were going to win. The, right. a, a team just you just gave up a two touchdown lead in, in the blink of an eye. 
you 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 killed their will. They're defeated. Yeah. So how overtime played out was no surprise. But right. the fact that that happened, that they came back, man. Yes. Crazy. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I, I would see highlights. Of course, highlights would constantly come through my my screen um, through the television. And, of course, I had my, my computer on and I was like looking at, at the scores and everything. And I'm just like looking at the score. I was like, man, Texas Tech is really taking it to Texas right now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you you're right, Chris. Like they they were up like two scores up on um Texas with like less than like three minutes left. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It, it was like I think it was like three. It was like three twenty something on the clock, and they were up a few possessions on them. And I was like, "There's no way these guys are just going to come back that quick." Like, it, it, something major has to happen to take for did. them to just come back, and they came back. I like, I, I, I have no words, Chris. Like, Sam Ellinger. Of course, we talked. We we talked about him for a few minutes before we mm-hmm. we started recording this podcast. Um, like I like Sam Ellinger. Like this guy, this guy is a leader of this of this football team. I haven't seen. Yeah, he's a fighter. I haven't seen this much, um, of of leadership from a quarterback at at UT since Vince Young. Since those Vince Young days. I was gonna say he's uh, I was gonna be liking it back to. I think Colt McCoy was a good leader too. Um. Colt just didn't they didn't have the, the same level quality of defense that Texas had when Vince yeah. was here. Yeah. Well Vince yeah. was there. But yeah. um but yeah, he's since I'll probably you know, I'll say maybe back to yeah, Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy was a, a very good QB at Texas. This is the best one since him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that's that's not a knock to Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy was a leader as well, too. But mm-hmm. something about Sam Elliger that it's- yeah, yeah. You know, he brings out the best in he, he is special. All of his teammates. Mm-hmm. And, and and he's just such a good athlete. Um whether it's passing the ball or running the ball, like he really knows how to, you know, like lead his team to a victory when it's time to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he had a really good day. I mean, he was twenty seven for forty. Um, he had 262 yards, five touchdowns, and he threw one pick. Mm-hmm. Um, rushing, he was 16. He had 16 carries for 69 yards and one touchdown. So he really looked good. All around I, game. You know, he was all, very good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all around game, I, I, I'd say. He, he really looked good. Um, of course, um, his right-hand man, Keontae Ingram, he had 12 carries for 89 yards. Um, so he also really did a good job in complimenting him as well in the running um, department. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll go into the receiving department. Brennan Eagles, which is a really, really good wide receiver for them. He's he's going to be one of those guys that the younger guys below him um, – are going to have to depend on. Um, he had a really good day. 
Um, he had three receptions, 31 yards, and one touchdown. But Joshua Moore, he had five receptions for 73 yards and three touchdowns. So he had an even better day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I'd say. Um, Brendan Schooler, he had seven receptions, 58 yards, and a touchdown. So, so yeah, I, I say all this to, to say that UT has a lot of good talent beside them. And if they can keep having like these kinds of, of games where they really fight to the end to get those big wins, hey, look out for a Big 12 championship in UT's future. I think um, the Longhorns have what it takes to um, make it there and actually, um, you know, they, they bring a championship they, they to Austin. Shouldn't, shouldn't have, the game shouldn't have gotten to this point, but uh, they do have they do have the talent to be able to bring home uh, a championship. We'll see mm-hmm. how they tighten things up moving forward. But, you know, the, the pieces are in place. Mm-hmm. Um, will they be able to take care of business against Oklahoma and, and, and beat a – a younger, you know, less experienced, equally talented Oklahoma team. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, but if you, you take care of business, defeat Oklahoma, the only team that can stop them on their path is themselves. Yeah. Yeah. You're, yeah. You're absolutely right, Chris. Um, so we'll, we'll have to see what the Longhorns do, but I'd say it was a pretty good um, game. Versus the Ra- uh, versus the Red Raiders. Um, yeah, it was it was crazy all around. Um, <laughs> it, it, went, it went down to the to the wire, I'd say. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll, we'll have to see what what happens um, going forward for the Longhorns. But um, good win, I'd say nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll go to the last game. Of course, we had Miami taking on Florida State. Your thoughts about that, Chris? Oh, I was thoroughly, thoroughly pleased. I was ecstatic. Um, Miami looks like they're back. Miami got as a quarterback. Yeah. Miami's looking real good. The talent is there. You know, the the, the Canes got their swag. Uh, look like they'll, they could be a team to to give Clemson a game, possibly. You know, yeah. we'll, we'll see how things continue to play out in the ACC. But, um, yeah, I, I like seeing Florida State get crushed. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just being honest. I like seeing Florida State get crushed, especially with how they handled their coaching situation there. Yeah, um, you know, I, I feel like they didn't give the previous regime any enough time, a long enough leash. Everybody wanted to get get the coach out of there. So, no, nothing against Mike Norvell, but you know, hey, hey, it had to had to be you, but you know, that's just the way it is. And I like seeing Florida State get beaten. You know, the people talking about the coach, the last coach was the problem. Well, they ain't looking too much hotter with this one. Yeah, I mean, when, when we think about, of course, um, you know, just being close to Mississippi State for you, Chris, and how um, making that decision to get Mike Leach, um, a lot of people felt like um, John Cohen wasn't going to give Joe Moorhead enough time 
to, you know, actually inherit this team as his own and actually take it to where it needed to be. Um, better than even what mm-hmm. when Dan Mullen was there. Um, when that's understandable to talk about, um, because we can say pretty much Willie Taggart didn't get the proper time that he needed needed to get his team um, the way that he wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. I think Willie Taggart's a pretty he good coach. The bad situation. He he inherited a horrible situation. He came in into a situation that had no no good offensive line mm-hmm. in terms Chris, of talent. Chris yeah. Swan was back there running for his life. Yeah. Getting beat down and sacked seven, eight times a game. Yeah. And pressured and hurried the other like 16 times. I mean, my goodness. It, Florida State was looking bad, and yeah. he, what, he got what two seasons? Yeah. yeah, yeah, he had like two seasons. They gave Tiger two seasons, and the situations are completely different. Mm-hmm. I can understand why Mississippi State let Joe Moorhead go. He yeah. inherited a team that was honestly ready built to compete for mm-hmm. an SEC championship. Right. The proof is in is in the results with how the defense was. The number one defense in the country mm-hmm. held Tua and Alabama to 24 points in 2018. Mm-hmm. The offense was just terrible. Yeah. And they still won eight games. And the offense was terrible. Yeah. You know, it and just... last year, you go, you win six games. I mean, it's not looking good. It's, it's not, uh, your, your trajectory is not going forward. So I can understand why uh, Mississippi State pulled pulled the plug on that one, but Taggart, like you like you mentioned, he inherited mm-hmm. something terrible. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. <laughs> people think he's going to flip it around like that. Y'all see, it ain't that easy. No, it, it, it's it's not that easy at all. It, it, it at all, like you know, from yeah, Plus like looking at Willie Tech. Georgia Tech this season as well. Georgia Tech beat them too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's <laughs> so you know it's just like I don't know I don't I don't know what Florida State is trying. I know what they want. Of course, they want to feel they want to have that same feeling yeah, that they, they got. They, they, they want to be Florida State. Yeah. yeah, yeah, They want to be Florida State again. They want to be the you know those those good years of mm-hmm. you know. Being in the playoff conversations and winning ACC championships and and all of that, they want to be in that that great conversation. We remember there was a time when Clemson's worst nightmare was Florida State. I was say, never Clemson be- is the fact that Clemson is what it is now is still mind boggling. But yeah, people, I don't know if people remember Clemson. <laughs> Clemson is, is, was that team that, like, you knew they'll be all right, but at the end of the day, they Clemson. Yeah, they ain't, they ain't gonna do nothing. They Clemson. Now it's like they Clemson. You know, it, it's different. Right. Like Clemson, Clemson means something now. It didn't always mean something. It was always Florida State, and Miami, who meant something. Right. So, so yeah, it, it like you can clearly tell now, Chris. Like the tide has turned. In the ACC, in terms of stature, mm-hmm. <laughs> with mm-hmm. Florida State, 
football. It's it's really nobody's really fear. No, they they used to win a lot of games off of fear. Yeah, that pedigree. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. You going against the Florida State? All the athletes they have, all the speed, work done. All those guys that some came through Florida State, going back to the early to that late nineties and early two thousands. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, and it's just going. I don't like that no more. No, it's not. It's really, it's really, things have really changed there in Tallahassee. And I'm not sure how, you know, how it can get any better. But I guess we're just going to have to wait and see. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What, what happens? I, I feel like we've already hit a wall, you know. We probably will see much worse <laughs> when you when you when you think about it. It's just, man, like I don't think anyone saw this coming. Honestly, from Florida State, um, just honestly, in, in terms of how far they've fallen. So it's going to be interesting to see if they can pick themselves back up from this. Honestly, that's that's pretty much what I have to say about that. Yeah, it's not good for the morale for the rest of the season getting crushed by your rival like that. Yeah. You, know, you knew you knew when Miami is not gonna call off the dogs. They trying to run a score up on you. You know what I'm exactly. saying? Exactly. So uh we'll see if, if if has has the coach lost the locker room yet this season? You know, it's it's easy to lose the guys year one and you're not seeing any any results. Yeah. So we'll we'll see how things continue to play out. Um, yeah. I have to see. I, I don't expect much from them, though. No. Not based off this trajectory. <laughs> Not at all, man. Not at all. Well, Chris, that was um. that's pretty much week um one in the SEC <laughs> and week three for everyone else. Right. Um, we, we can only get more good games from here on out now, depending on how, you know, the pandemic, um, you know, changes things of course games have been postponed and stuff but um but I, i'd say overall this this past week was a really really good week yeah it was a fun week fun week, fun week of yeah. football mm-hmm. for sure um but yeah man um it, it's 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 always great hearing from you again <laughs> man it's been a long time since i've spoken to you I know, it's been a minute yeah man so where can where can the people um hear from you at through social media and just um all different platforms okay yeah just uh you can follow me on twitter at chris c-h-r-i-s underscore bolton b-o-l-t-o-n underscore 12 and i'll be you know tweeting about sports high school football college football nba it's it's everything i'll just be i love sports i'll be tweeting about it you know, you also two social media platforms Chris that be on the most. Also Bolton got a podcast underscore. Um, called a checkup with Chris Bolton. It's on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, all those wherever you listen to podcasts, you can check it out on there as well. Um, talking about basketball, keeping up with the NBA draft and the NBA playoffs. So, so you know, check me out on there as well. All right, all right, sounds good. Sounds good. Well, all right, Chris. Well, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. I, I know it went you, a little bro, bit longer. Hollering at me, hitting me up. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. We're, of course, I have to bring you back on the show again soon as we keep going on throughout the season. I got you. All right. Well, that sounds okay. good, Chris. Well, thank you so much, man. And I'll be hearing from you. All right. Sounds good, my boy. All right, everyone. That was my interview with Chris Bolton. It's been a while since I've spoken to Chris. Um, I know he's been very, very busy working on sports content with WCBI News. Um, so if you're in the Golden Triangle area in the state of Mississippi, um, if you are or even if you aren't, um, be sure to catch his sports content. He does a lot of high school football, basketball, um, the whole nine. He's just great. He's just great. And I'm just really happy to have him on the show and looking forward to bringing him on more and more Um as college football will rain on, so to speak. No pun intended. <laughs> but yeah, before I let you guys go um, today, I just want to give you guys some inspirational words to kind of go forward um, into the future. Something inspirational for you guys, and that's to listen to one another. Um, we're living during a time right now where... We're trying to balance this life in this COVID era and, you know, also witnessing systemic racism. So I want you guys to really just kind of, you know, um, not think about just yourselves because we can get very, very bottled into just ourselves and and not want to listen to. Um, each other and, and, and not want to take care of one another I want you guys to just listen to you know someone else put your uh, you know you know um, what they always say um, put your put yourself into someone else's shoes um, that's something that a lot of times we don't do so I really want to encourage you guys to just, you know, put yourself in into someone else's shoes and actually, um, you know, think about, hey, how can I, you know, how can I make someone's life um, better? Because we all don't live the same lives. We all don't look alike. We all don't live in the same neighborhoods. But what we can do. Um, we can wrap our wrap our our arms around someone, and you know actually come together for once. Um, I think that goes a long way. So be sure to you know if you see someone that doesn't look like you, um, you know be nice to that person. Like I said, we're we're all on this we're all on this earth for one thing, and that's to help one another. Um, I, I firmly believe that that's how the way I live my life um, day in and day out. Um, so I tell people this all the time. So, you know, just listen to one another. And of, of course, if you see something that's um, unjust, um, say something, um, do something um, just because, you know, people are living their lives just to live they want to live just like you do and you know we've seen so much over the summer of, of people's lives um being taken away 
um, through COVID, through systemic racism. So be sure to, you know, uh, reach out and actually touch someone and wrap your arms around them and um, actually just be a good person. Just be a good person. That's all I have to say. But, um, but yeah, guys, um, of course, if you want, want to follow me on Twitter, you can. You can follow me on Twitter at listen to KSW. That's at L-I-S-T-N-T-O-K-S-W. It's all one handle. So, so yeah, be sure to follow me on there. I talk about jokes, wrestling, um, the whole nine. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so be sure to catch me on there. Um, I'll be back probably around most likely this Friday to talk about um, the coming games this Saturday. So be on the lookout for that. Um, But until next time, I'm Corey Willis and you were listening to the Reign of Five podcast. I'll catch you guys later. Peace.